welcome to The Happy Writer, a show about creating and sustaining a long-term author career. My name is Patty Jansen, writer of science fiction and fantasy. I've published independently since 2011. This show covers motivation, diversification, learning new skills and your place in your career. Come on in and be happy. Episode 50 of The Happy Writer, I'm going to debunk a statement that people often make when starting in self-publishing, that publishing has become too competitive. They say, unlike in the easy days when writers only needed to fling up their book for sale and they would sell thousands, these days it's a pay-to-play market and it's pointless if you don't have a lot of money or an established audience or both. Everything is rigged against the new author. Should you let this type of talk deter you from trying to have a career in writing? Or is there truly no point in publishing at all? Let me say this from the beginning. If you are that easily deterred, then you probably shouldn't publish. But then, on the other hand, you probably shouldn't do anything else in life either. The world doesn't owe you a living. If you start with a new activity, no one ever knows who you are. You have to prove your worth and give people what they want for that to start happening. The fact is that when something in life is worth doing, a lot of people are doing it, and by its very nature, it will be competitive. This means you need to get on with it, get the qualifications or knowledge that you need, and carve out your own space in the landscape. This is true for every career, and is no different in publishing. If you want to be a landscape designer, you first have to learn the trade, give a unique spin to it, and then you have to find customers and learn to advertise. If you want to run a successful cafe, you have to make your mark and establish a local clientele. Publishing is running a business, so it's exactly the same as starting a trade or a shop. You need to learn what your customers like and provide them with more of that. You're not all trying to be Starbucks as a cafe, and the question is whether you would want to anyway. Competing on price is hard, especially with the advent of subscriptions. You have to find your niche, where the readers who like your kind of books hang out. You are trying to carve out a piece of the landscape where you're happy to exist, where your customers are happy to read your books and pay you a decent price for them. There was a time, probably in about 2011, when the landscape felt a little bit different. People were jumping into self-publishing, and some of those people had unexpected spectacular success. What nobody talks about is how many of these people had long backlists that they either clawed back from publishers or that they had built up while trying to find a publisher. Sell a book to a publishing house today and you could be grateful if it comes out a year and a half later. Traditional publishing is that glacial, and because they're that slow and have to manage many different writers, they also throttle an individual writer's output. But that didn't mean those writers weren't writing. Many of these people had been doing this for years, so they had quite a lot of experience in writing and had many books they could quickly bring out. And along comes a new publishing model. 
writers could bring their books out themselves without the huge overhead and, most importantly, without the time limitations that often mark traditional publishing deals. Because they could offer their books a lot cheaper than the traditional publishers did and could bring them out quickly, some of these people had a lot of success. The 99 cent ebook was a new phenomenon for readers and they went nuts. We still remember those writers' names today, even though a lot of those people have since disappeared. They took traditional deals or they vanished off the landscape altogether. But it wasn't like that for everyone. Many of us started with a few disjointed pieces of fiction, including me. I didn't have any complete series. I put up a few shorter works just to see if I liked self-publishing, and then I put up a novel in one series, and another novel in another series, and the whole thing was a bit of a mishmash before I decided that I really wanted to give this a go. Being successful was by no means guaranteed, not even back in the supposedly golden days. I and many other writers never had any of that type of success back then. The ones who did were few, but their successes were reported widely because self-publishing was so new. So please forget about that myth, because it does you more harm than good. Things weren't better in 2011. For one, we didn't have anywhere near the breadth and depth of services available to help us. It was next to impossible to find a professional editor who wasn't involved with a vanity press or someone who knew how to make good book covers. As a result, most of the covers were terrible. It was also very hard to find out where to advertise your books. And although there were a couple of avenues that worked very well, they were also extremely hard to get into, and you could only use them once every so often, of course. All existing services were all geared towards traditional publishing, and towards selling print books to bookshops, because that's what traditional publishers sell. They also charge traditional publishing corporate rates that are completely unviable for our publishing model. We now have many excellent services available at all price ranges. Compared to 2011, today's landscape is merely different, not better or worse. It is much easier to get all the services you need, it's much easier to publish a work that looks good and is well presented. It is just as hard, however, to write something that captures readers' interest. You can have a book that's edited and edited again until there are absolutely no typos and nothing out of place, have a work that you spent a lot of time and money perfecting that still doesn't sell. We now have a few tools to determine marketability and to research our genre. There are numerous books and workshops about how to craft a book that readers will like. However, nothing is guaranteed in this business. You could do great one day and then you could slowly slide into oblivion. Or you could have a sudden hit and have no idea where that came from. It is a combination of luck and skill and simply being in the right place at the right time. Most of our careers are quite unspectacularly made up from little bits of success here and there, all added up together into something that's worthwhile. I've had no giant hit, ever, 
but I've had a regular stream of sales and get emails from people asking me whether I'm going to write another book in this or that series. I tend to complete series when I start them, so I would like to signal that to my readers. Once I start something, I will bring it to some sort of conclusion. I don't always commit how many books that will be, but either the series or that particular book will be a complete story. Being a success is all about honoring your promises to your readers. You have to build your relationship with them and rely much less on the fickle algorithms of the retailers that can just drop you or pick you up and you have no idea even that it happened. You could make a career out of trying to game that, and some people do, but to be honest I don't think that is a very happy writer activity because it is fraught with worry about what someone else will do. And since Amazon and none of the other retailers ever reveal their cards, you are forever left guessing. It's outside your control, and worrying about that stuff that's outside your control just makes you grumpy, not happy. It's vastly easier now than it was in 2011 to compete with traditionally published works. Since most of the books are now bought online, there is no difference between a book from a publisher or a self-published book, if they are both well-produced. Most of the readers couldn't tell you the names of the large publishers, and they would care even less who published a book. They just want a good story to entertain them. They have, though, become quite wary of jumping in there and buying random books, so they will use recommendations by friends, rather than methods we can game and advertise to as writers. The collective body of readers is a funny beast, and a highly unpredictable one at that. Unless you write to a specific formula, it is very hard to determine what will do well. Even specific formulas will stop working at some point in time. They all do. That's the nature of the market. It changes. There are amazing stories about authors who can write something that is specifically to market and will do really well, but what they never talk about is all the hundreds of writers who bought the courses, tried copying their methods, and failed. People will often point at books that tell the author how to game the system by researching topics and tropes and all that. Those are useful exercises, but even when you're applying all these lessons, the majority of writers still fail to publish reliable bestsellers. This has never been any different. This is not an easy career, but getting into publishing just for the money was never a good idea. If you're desperate for money, you're looking to make a quick buck, go back out that door and find a regular job. Surely, the potential for earning is not as high, but the chance that you will actually earn a reliable income is much higher. So if you're looking to pay the bills, just get a job. Ironically, None of this has ever been any different throughout the history of writing and other artistic careers. Traditionally published writers find it hard to make a reliable living, even those who are considered to be bestsellers. As self-published authors, we have it easier in many ways because we keep so much of the sales price. We don't need to sell as many copies as a traditionally published author, and we are not at constant danger of our publisher dropping us. Thanks to a healthy industry, 
we have a huge array of tools at our fingertips to make sure that our books look indistinguishable from traditionally published books, and we retain control over things like design, the price, and promotions. You don't realize how big a deal that is until you meet a traditionally published author who would like to be a bit more adventurous about promoting their own books, only to find out that they can't because the publisher won't change their price or because their books are limited by geographic regions. But the number of books published increases all the time. How is anyone ever going to find my book? There are too many books. The too many books argument gets brought up in groups of writers all the time. People feel some sense of impending panic that there are millions of books for sale, and their book is just going to be the tiny drop in the ocean and no one is going to find it. If only they'd published at the start of the gold rush, because there would not have been as many books. Well, if that's your attitude, then of course no one will find it, because if you wait to be found... There are indeed a load of books available, and it's no guarantee that readers will find yours. But that has never been any different. Whether there are one million or ten million books does not matter at all. A reader will never have time to read all of them, nor will they ever be interested in reading all of them. They might read a few hundred. All these books that they are not interested in are just white noise to that reader. You need to find the readers who are interested in your particular book. Again, this has never been any different. Traditional publishing has a set of gatekeepers who try to double-guess the market for the books a readership buys. They try to build a stable of books that they know they have readers for. Big publishers are quite successful at doing this. There are also a number of niche publishers that are very successful at recruiting certain types of books and where the readers trust that the books that they publish have a certain feel or cover a certain topic. Being a successful self-publisher is to think like one of those publishers. What are your books going to communicate to your readers? What do you want from your catalogue? These are things that have always been important. Maybe there was a brief period of about a year and a bit that you could just put a book up without much thought and there was a reasonable chance that it would sell at least a number of copies. But the readership quickly caught up with all those books that they bought for 99 cents and that are probably still sitting on their e-readers unread. People only have so much time they are willing to dedicate to reading. At some point, they may binge buy cheap books, but soon enough they will stop buying because they will need to read the books that they have bought first. After a brief period of what was really a fairly abnormal situation, the book-buying public has returned to normal, where there will always be more books than any reader can read, where readers choose what they like, and where an author has to find their audience and position themselves so that their audience can find the books. People reverted to buying books from their favourite authors and other books that really caught their attention. So this is what you need to do. Make sure you become someone's favourite author or that your book catches people's attention. It has never been easy to sell your writing – Recent years have just resulted in a different market, not in a more difficult market.
So there you go. Those are my thoughts on the question of whether publishing has become too competitive. In the next episode, I will talk about 99 cent versus free promotions and what are the advantages and disadvantages of each. Thank you for listening to The Happy Writer Show. Check out links and information about other episodes on my website at pattyjansen.com where you can also find out about my books. You can support me by subscribing to the show or on Patreon at patreon.com slash pattyjansen.com.